Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Well, the B.C. government says it plans to put this year's projected budget surplus uh, to work as an economic slowdown looms. Just think about that for a second. High interest rates, uh, high inflation. Uh, We've got um, law and order challenges as well, housing affordability challenges. The surplus sits at $5.7 billion, almost $6 billion. Uh, Today, uh, Lieutenant Governor Janet Austin uh, read the government's throne speech today give you a sense of where the government wishes to go with the spring sitting of the legislature which will begin uh, next week um, check six political correspondent rob shaw was there covering it he joins us now rob uh, thanks for joining us thanks for having me so what is your overall impression of today's throne speech well you know i think there's probably a lot here but the challenge with throne speeches are they're so darn vague that it's difficult to really dig down into kind of meaningful items that people might care about, you know, in their day-to-day lives today. There's a clear trend in the speech, though, that the government expects dark times on the horizon. It talks about an economic storm that is about to hit, where we're going to have interest rates at high levels, inflation at high levels, um, you know, cost of living is going to be way up there, and that the number one issue of anxiety on the mind of voters, according to the, the speech, uh, is that cost of living. It's how you're affording your day-to-day and your week-to-week and your rent and your mortgage. So there's a big discussion in the speech about, you know, spending large in, in areas using some of the money the government has this year and then crafting programs that are going to come later this year uh, and a kind of continued reference back to the government will be there for you in what is looking to be perhaps not as a uh, not as rosy a year as uh, as people were hoping for. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm curious, in regards to the budget surplus that we've talked about, $5.7 billion, uh, they have to spend that by, correct me if I'm wrong here, by the end of March? That's right, yeah, by March 31st, or it goes on to debt. So there's a discussion in here about that surplus. It's almost $6 billion projected this year. It could be larger uh, than that, depending on how things are going. But that was mainly a one-time thing. It was tax adjustments from the federal government, some natural resource revenue. So it's not like government can bake it in every year, but it talks in the speech about spending that on a record investment in healthcare to cut wait times and uh, spending it on housing, giving it to cities uh, so that they can use it for some of their services, fighting climate change, um, that, that type of thing. So th- there's no doubt from listening to the premier prior to this speech, he's blowing that money out the barn door uh, by the end of March. He's not allowing it to go onto debt like last year when the NDP let a couple billion dollars just roll straight unspent uh, onto the debt uh, and took a lot of flack for doing that. So there's money here for them to spend, but um, it is not money that we might see next year. So it's it's kind of a couched uh, economic aid package, whatever it might be. There is talk about aid in here, but it's just not very specific on what it might look like. Uh, they've talked about darker times ahead, and I think economists and, and many financial uh, commentators have been talking about that. A real estate industry being another one. But one of the, the issues front and center for, for the Premier has been public safety. And as you said, he's very much uh, is front and center on the housing issue. 
it is a vague document today, but um, those types of policy issues that are, you know, need significant amount of thought and collaboration with the federal government and local local government, there's not much yet in regards to what they plan to do. No, there is, you know, discussion about public uh, safety in here and a crackdown, some new legislation on uh, gangs and proceeds of crime, a recommitment to seizing the asset, assets of criminals uh, to fight that, to push Ottawa to reform those bail conditions that we've seen the Premier talk about uh, and to kind of improve the public, um, you know, sentiment on the streets. But it's not super specific. There's some mention here of legislation uh, that will come on the gang issue. There is uh, legislation that is mentioned on the non-consensual sharing of intimate images, uh, which is a federal issue that, that BC is pushing for, but plans to introduce a bill on, uh, and that type of thing. There, there's also talk about new strategies around around it. But no, um, I think we've heard EB unveil his prolific offender plan, his almost $300 million for new RCMP officers. That seems to be the backbone of, of his plan going forward. Mm-hmm. And and I assume they're going to continue to drive, uh, drive uh, hard in regards to affordable housing and uh, bringing in legislation for that. There's a couple things here. There's, there's a reference to a refresh housing strategy coming this year, which um, I'm not sure what that is, but the last housing strategy, you remember, from government was a 10-year plan to build 114,000 units. It's six years in, and we're not even close. We're not even at a third of that. So uh, whether the NDP can hit that or what they plan on doing there could be refreshed. There's talk of you know, new measures um, to build more housing for middle-class families, which is a slight change in the NDP's focus on lower-income uh, folks. And we heard the Premier say this yesterday, that there are a lot of middle-income people. The NDP have not been helping because on paper they're too wealthy, according to government, to deserve financial aid. And when government means tests or income tests as aid packages, a lot of people are left out um, who on paper look like, you know, the NDP is not interested in helping them. That seems to be changing here. Middle class housing, uh, the government intends to build. You know, (laughs) we know housing takes a long time. Uh, We know it's difficult. I'm not sure how they plan on doing that. But we have seen him push for sort of short term things like eliminating the rental restrictions on stratas. one thing that has yet to be done is the um, secondary suites being permitted across the entire province, regardless of if your municipality doesn't allow them right now. So that could be legislation we might see from the government here in the next couple of months. Uh, ultimately, final question here. This is the year for David Eby through his policy announcements, his pronouncements, where he spends money. This is where he puts a stamp on government 2023 as we head into 2024. Uh, and and the drumbeat for an election uh, grows, this is the year where he really puts his mark on government. I think it is, you know, and this is a very important throne speech and a very important budget. The budget's where we get all the details, but he he wants to to use that uh, at a time where voters are getting to know him this year and trying to understand what he stands for and how he's different from John Horgan. So I think the budget is going to be huge. The throne speech, I, I thought he'd be more specific, but a lot of premiers prefer to make it vague and then announce these things in the real world in front of real people wearing hard hats or cutting ribbons. So that's why this tends to be kind of a little bit boring. But there's enough in here to, to, to show that he's focused on housing and on 
crime uh, and on health care. And there's some discussion of climate change and some new investments on housing around public transit hubs, which we've hear, heard before. There's a couple interesting bills people might notice on right to charge. So they'll mandate electric vehicle charging stations and stratas. You can't forbid them. Um, if your condo doesn't allow them, get ready because that law will change that. Uh, things like that that might cut through into people's ordinary lives. But uh, this government intends to announce those one by one as it blows this money out the door the next few months. Um, not today in detail in this throne speech. Well, you know what? Uh, it's uh, it's early in the year, plenty of time for ribbon cuttings and kissing babies and uh, uh, press conferences with, with the individuals with hard hats. It's coming. I can feel it already. So thanks. Yeah, so I can much. feel it too, yeah. <laughs> thanks so much, Rob. Okay, take care.